Good day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and this week we are doing a special spoiler cast all about Trigger Witch. And this week we also have John O'Peck. He's back to talk all about the story he crafted in the game. Jono, it's good to have you again. Thank you. Wearing the exact same clothes as last week, aren't we? Yeah, no, we're, we're dirty people. We don't do any laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. No, uh, we... Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this straight after the uh, yeah. sort of more general outlook on Trigger Witch. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go and check that one out. A lot of information about the game, especially if you don't know about it. Why did you click on a spoiler cast about the game? That's ridiculous. Maybe they found this on the internet mm. somehow, searching in an engine. And now we can tell you, if you want to hear about how the game was made, you can go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you, if you did find this through the algorithm, thank you very much. Welcome to the House of Mario. It's a, it's a great place to be. Mario, he's a grumpy bastard, but in the games, he's friendly. So that's all you need to know. Right. He's not so nice behind the scenes, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so, Jono, Trigger Witch, yeah, yeah. fantastic game. We talked about it last time. I, I'm in love with it. I love the gameplay, love the story. Um, so, let's uh, talk about all the spoilers in it because there's plenty of twists and turns throughout the game, plenty of characters mm. to talk about. So, to start things yeah. off, let's talk about... And I wrote it, so I know yeah. all the twists and turns. You and do. all the Easter eggs and secrets that you don't know. Yeah, imagine if there's someone out there who knows more about it than you. They've just played it so much. You're like, I don't remember that. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> Maybe one day, but uh, at this point, I have to say, I know that that story and script better than almost anything. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, just spell checking, re rereading it all the time, all the yeah, rewrites and stuff. Oh. oh, not sick of it yet. So that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a testament to it. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, jump into it. Let's start with talking about some of the main characters in the game. So the protagonist mm. of the game, uh, Colette, your uh, witch friend who you play as, you go through the game. So how, how would you describe this character, the, the main character you play as? How did mm. you find sort of writing the character... Did you want it to be a playful character or did you just sort of end up that way? Yeah, I wanted Colette to be uh, a bit cocky and a bit brash because she's very skilled, like, as the player character. I guess, I don't I can't remember if you said this, but we're going to go full spoilers here, aren't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, she's, like, the only one that can save the world in this, in this case, Evertonia. So because of that being, like, the character player, I thought... We have to make her like really good with a gun, with a firearm, uh, and the top of her class kind of thing, because that will kind of explain why only she can save the day, and she's not gonna call in the rest of the clip. Who mysteriously, you don't actually see any of the rest of the clip in the game. <laughs> it's just, it's just Colette, but uh, we won't worry about that. Uh, and yeah, so I, I really did want to make her um, a bit cockier than she is but the rainbow boys who created the character and the game um i think wisely steered me towards making her more likable and a bit more vanilla which is a a pretty standard thing for the main character of a game to be Mm. um a bit of a mary sue so to speak where there's not really any like deep flaws and anything that makes them unlikable because you have to, if you don't like the character, you're not going to really want to play as them or relate to them. So that was, I guess, their thinking with, with that. And I think I was coming at it more from too much of like a writing perspective where I was like, no, she has to be flawed. She has to be like a bit more deep and that kind of thing. But, you know, this is a simple game. It's, uh, you know, we're not, it's not the last of us. We don't really need to have anyone in deep remorse as they're <laughs> playing through this this thing so yeah especially like the relationship she has with her friends i wanted 
her and Remy to have this real rivalry back and forth where, you know, Remy's jealous of Colette and Colette kind of knows it and like kind of twists the knife a little bit to stir her up. And you can kind of do that to an extent, depending on like which dialogue options you pick. But we got, we came to a result that wasn't too snarky and wasn't too like, I feel a bit rude after saying that, you know, it's a, it's a good balance. I think. Did you tend to go with the nice, remarks or a bit more uh brazen oh when it came to remy i was always just like in her face i was just yeah, nice. giving a shit the whole time because she she gives it to me i'm gonna give it straight back yeah. and i i did like that you could like choose your dialogue options like it was nothing that was gonna like completely change the story it wasn't like a telltale yeah. game make your own no, choices no, no. but i do appreciate <laughs> the option of being being able to put your own sort of emotions into it especially uh at the in that particular part of the game where you know you do have a bit of a clash with Remy and um, she is actually the boss battle for that dungeon and I thought that was awesome when that happened yeah. when she like you started like like firing at her and then she went to a second stage where she's using a fire magic as like mm. like a super son from <laughs> Dragon Ball Z I thought that was <laughs> that was awesome and that was that was like a really awesome story moment I feel like and mm. yeah I'm really proud of that too and that, that's really important for um her development as a character like like that's her rock bottom as you defeat her and she becomes like humbled enough that she can have a change of heart i guess and yeah. come come through in the end for you and that was the, the challenge with that was creating a character that wasn't so mean to you that you didn't understand how they were friends so you got, you got this <laughs> yeah. small you got this small village and everyone's like growing up around each other and I, I think we did a good job of making it clear that you know they used to be really close when they were little and as they got older they got a bit more competitive and Remy got a bit jealous of Colette's um, kind of it's kind of like that Frank Grimes um, Simpsons thing where he like I, I wanted it to be a bit more like that where like no matter what he does Homer always comes out on top even when he's like not trying so colette like sleeps in and she falls asleep in class and somehow she's still like on the top of the class and always kicks everyone's butt when it comes to the firearms and i wanted to i think i wanted to make that like way more of a thing where she's just like oh i'm just really naturally good with with you know firearms and remy's like the hard worker who like puts in a hundred percent and she still just doesn't quite she can't quite meet meet colette's skill and that just drives her nuts um but the the challenge with that as i was starting to say before was having it so that when remy turns on you it's a kind of a gradual thing it's not like oh what where did that come from like i thought we were friends but at the same time um you know you're working together through that dungeon to the point where she just gets more and more ticked off and at the end she just like loses it basically she has like a mental breakdown Mm. And when we were sort of messaging each other whilst playing the game, where she talked about this moment um, before, you mentioned that there was like a couple of rewrites and stuff for this section, how you're experimenting with different ideas or different turnouts of events. What were some of those? Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember. So the ending was definitely, we'll get to the ending a bit later, but there was definitely like an alternate ending mm. that we went back and changed. Uh, what were we talking about? You might have to remind me with that. Um, I thought it, I thought it was the the Remy bit, but maybe it was the the end of the game we were talking about. I thought it was we were talking about the the Remy sort of boss fight and um, mm. how that turned out. But maybe it wasn't. Yeah, maybe it was remember, the end of the game. <laughs> Must have been. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, there were there were definitely bits and pieces that were tweaked, um, like the the spell like there were there was these items that were added to the game to to be kind of like MacGuffins. so like the um when you go to the mine they give you this herb that helps you breathe mm -hmm. underground and when you um when you're fighting with Re remy she's using this pyra shard to create mag like fire magic and she uses that to melt down the um the wall and then it kind of like comes together at the end of the game where spoilers you go into space mm. <laughs> um oh, and yeah. and and this is this is one of the things where as the writer i had to kind of try and make the ideas from the other devs make sense because in my head i'm like i'm trying to make everything in this game 
reasonable and, and logical. It is a fantasy game with magic. But on top of that, like we can't just go into space because you die. if you, Once you hit space, you can't breathe. So I kind of reverse engineered this thing where you get this item at the start of the game that helps you breathe. So you got that in space and then you got the, you know, the, the rock that keeps you hot so that you don't freeze to death in space. So it was kind of like a full circle thing that was reverse engineered to, to explain how it's possible. Not that every single person would be like, what's going on here? You can't breathe in space. But I just, for me, I wanted it to make sense. Yeah, no, I thought that was really smart. Like when that bit of dialogue comes up saying that, you know, oh, she, she can she can breathe because of this and she can survive the cold because of this. I'm like, yeah, right, yeah, because I did pick up those items. <laughs> so that, and there is a fair bit of thought that goes into that because, you know, you've got to, you've got to think about it. It's not just, oh, this dungeon, it's cold. Um, you get some heat and you'll be fine. Uh, you can't breathe mm-hmm. here. Uh, we'll think of something to make you breathe. So it was actually like used in two different places, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it worked out. I'm really happy with how that worked out. And that's one of the, the cool examples of being able to add something to the game as, you know, a narrative designer that, that makes sense in the world beyond just adding to the lore or whatever. Mm. Uh, what about the, the character Shelley? So you're at your actual, your friend, your friendly friend. <laughs> your nice friend. We've got the... Yeah. the I think they were written down originally as like mean friend and nice friend or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, Shelly's um, a nice, like she's just that nice friend that everyone has when they're kids that's like sweet as, you know, sweet as a button, cute as a button. She's a bit smaller than everyone. She doesn't have like the physical abilities. And um, when, I'm, I'm trying to remember which came first, but we, we, the storyline for her, because I, I wanted all these side characters to have their own story. And so the story with Remy was that uh, she wanted to explore magic as this thing that had been lost in the world. Because that was, if you know, if she, if she couldn't make it as a, you know, an, a member of the clip, then maybe she could make it as a witch who, who tr- knows the old magic. And so for Shelley, her story was going to be that she doesn't quite fit in. There's something about her that she feels a bit out in the world. She's not as quick as everyone. She's not as tall as her friends. And when we had this this boss fight in a in the goblin castle, I thought it would be cool to have a ghost. And I, I created this story where that's her learning that it's her ancestor and that she's half goblin. And then we like reverse engineer this thing into the prophecy that a half goblin would be the one to to bring back like peace between the two realms. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so her her being that character that doesn't quite fit in, but she's you know really kind and she's always there to, to encourage her friends and try and like be the peacemaker between Remy and Colette. I think that um, you know it's important in in character design to have characters that stand out from each. And it's pretty clets there in the middle. Mm. Yeah, because she was always the nice one. Like, oh, she comes and talks to me. And like when that moment happened where you find out that of her, uh, you know, her background and that, I thought that was really cool, especially when you you sort of notice like, oh, she actually has like goblin traits. And you don't, I never really yeah. <laughs> l- like looked at it that closely before that, especially since you don't know what a goblin looks like in this game necessarily. Yeah. As well. And they all look, they all look a little bit different too. As well, yeah that 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 was interesting because I'd, I'd like write the character like a year ago, and then like a few months ago, I might see what the portrait or the sprite looks like, and I'm like, oh, they, they went with that kind of goblin, or they gave Shelley like these pointy ears, and like I, I know there was different points where Jared was like, oh, does she look too much like a goblin? Is it going to be too obvious and stuff like that? But I think that, like you said, like it's not the kind of thing where you see her and you instantly think like oh, she's a goblin. Like, it's, it's just, she looks a little bit different from everyone. And then it was the same with, like, the making that link between these letters that you're reading in the castle and her. I was like, what can we what can we do that kind of like links them? It's like, I came up with the idea of this necklace that's handed down from the Goblin King and then she's got this necklace that's the same. And I think 
the art came back that instead of the necklace, it was going to be like this hairpin that you could actually see in the portrait. Mm. And um, yeah, that was a, another little thing similar to the, um, the herb that lets you breathe under under water, underground or whatever, where it was like we were able to reverse engineer it into making sense. Yeah, for me, um, when I noticed when she was the dialogue was talking, oh, okay, so I've, that's her background. And what I noticed was like that slight tinge of green to her skin. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, Jared, you did nothing to worry about. I, I, I didn't notice, <laughs> but you know, I am a little bit slow, so there is that. Maybe I'm not the best test for it, but we'll see what other people that's say. That's okay though, because <laughs> I think if people figure it out, they'll just feel really smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's there's been a few games and a few stories where some people have been like, oh, look, saw this coming from a mile away. I'm like. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 I still haven't figured it out. What? <laughs> yeah, I still don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, well, I guess you know, I enjoy, I enjoy those types of stories more. I get more of a reward because I get to find out yeah. when I'm meant to. So, yeah, suck shit, it. smart people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was really like inspired by. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII, as I mentioned on the other podcast and I really loved how each of the side characters that come into that game into your party have their own backstory that you get to learn about and they have their own emotional moments in the game and the they like I won't spoil Final Fantasy 7 because I know there's people playing remake for the first time but there's mm-hmm. the Cosmo Canyon um part of the game with Red 13 and his discovery about his father in that uh storyline being slightly different to what he thought was the kind of thing that i was going for with shelly was like okay we know that her um mum works at the gun foundry and got her this sweet gig as a janitor when she failed the graduation Mm. (laughs) but there has to be something more to it and uh i thought it would be cool to make it so that you know that part of the game is actually really important in explaining the difference between the goblins and the witches and the reality and the truth about the goblins that they aren't the bad guys. Because at the start of the game, we kind of wanted people to think the goblins were the baddies and then mm. you'd go up there and start fighting them. I don't know if, if you had that kind of vibe before you got there, but... Um, there was this whole thing where we wanted like the main villain, the man in black to be this mysterious character. And maybe he's a goblin and maybe we have to go fight the goblins. So when you get there and realize like, Oh, the goblins were just kind of um, insecure and, and cautious and they didn't understand how to use the guns and the witches put up this magic wall that cut them off. And it became this kind of tragic love story between the prince and uh, Shelley's great great grandmother or whatever i think that was um really important to kind of drilling home the goblins side of that story as well as the scene where you first meet the king up in there so i'm wondering like did you head into the the northern area thinking the goblins could be an enemy no i didn't really i i didn't because like the man in black i i looked at him like the little bit of the, mm. of his face you could see you could see that he was just like a human, maybe another sort of a, a wizard or something. So I might no, I don't think I don't think the uh, the goblins are bad. And yeah, so I didn't go in there thinking, all right, these goblins are just going to get shot in the face. <laughs> 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 so I thought there was going to be a bit more to that story, um, because like you know when when they're talking at the start, um, all the all the characters together, they are saying about like. What what the what the goblins are and that and I was like mm, there is more to this story I think because it has been shut off for so long I think there's some lost yeah. context here which will be described later on in the story which which it was and uh, yeah, cool especially when you first go there as well they're like they're very friendly like all right these these, these people are fine <laughs> it's not the NPCs in the town like all right because none of them are like oh ah, ah. <laughs> yeah like, a, like what are yeah. you doing here <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was actually kind of funny because like none of them are, none of them were like that shocked you were there. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a balance, isn't it? Mm. Um, they do throw you in prison, so they're mm. not 
super welcoming but um yeah it, it's funny that it's just like the king and the, the sheriff and everyone else is pretty chill about it yeah and the, the bit <laughs> but, you mentioned before i'm yeah. oh, sorry just the bit you mentioned before oh. with uh shelly um like being the janitor that is one of the bits that made me laugh like you defeat the first boss which is the the dragon and there's blood everywhere and they just call shelly in to like mop it up she's like oh i'm gonna need a bigger bucket <laughs> that was one of the moments where my <laughs> just uh, made me chuckle oh, i'm glad to hear it That's yeah good. yeah sorry what did i cut off there Jono? oh uh, no i was just gonna say like the I, I, I'm really pl- happy with how it came out with the, the Goblin, like that story where, you know, you read the Great Trigger book in the chamber, that you know, the church at the start of the game, if, if you choose to read it, mm-hmm. to learn about the history and it explains like how the portal came about and the guns and then the witches wanted to learn about the guns and they ended up building that, you know, wall to cut off the, the Goblins as they were starting to get a bit feisty or whatever. So you only really get their side of the story Mm. and without it becoming some huge like allegory or metaphor, I compared that to the way that like we all grew up with like the, well, maybe not us as much as like previous generations. Like you hear your side of history Mm. and then as you get older and you hear other perspectives, whether it's about like indigenous populations or like the way that, you know, America stole land from the indians the native americans or whatever it, it became more of that thing where like oh wait there's another side to this story and it's so much more complicated where you know you're talking to the king and he's like you guys put up this magic wall without any like discussion so why why should we welcome you into our land to help you like find your mother after hundreds of years like get out of here mm. um so I, i'm really happy with how that turned out because it kind of like flips colette in her like righteous quest it's suddenly she's like maybe she, maybe the witches aren't this you know wholesome group of people mm. yeah and there's there's my point of view was as well that there's obviously something very strange with just the lack of magic there's some history of it's been lost and a lot of these mm-hmm. witches they don't know why exactly they're using these firearms where do these firearms come from it's like there's a, there's a lot of questions set up at the start which uh you know, when I, when I was looking at the trailers and that, I'm just like, oh, cool. You're a witch with a gun. You get the shoot stuff. <laughs> but when, once I started playing the game, um, I was like, wow, there's a there's a, there's a a lot of lore to this, which, which was really cool. And I don't know why I didn't necessarily expect that because, you know, it is an adventure game with a world setting and characters and stuff. Mm. But once I like, was getting into it. You I, know me, Drew. Mm. Come on. I'm not going to let you get away with no. uh, with without all that dialogue. <laughs> um so like just with some of the like the over like the overworld lore about things like i i I did read the book um but i gotta be honest it's some of it's gone over my head i'm really forgetful it's a it's a long book we made sure there was a trophy for finishing it because i did notice that popped up i did notice it popped up and that was (laughs) like how do we make sure people read this let's make a trophy (laughs) (laughs) and that's gonna that's gonna make uh people yeah actually Go to it. I'll be in there. This year, a trophy list, but uh, oh yeah, I got to go and do that. All right. <laughs> last, last trophy, smallest completion percentage trophy is reading the book. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see uh, on other platforms uh, mm. if that is the last trophy people get, or if it is in line with the story. People actually go and click on it because uh, your mother actually does say, "Go and go and brush up." So I did. I yeah, listened to mum. I'm a good much. boy. I'm a oh, good, good boy. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the rarest trophy will probably be getting all the collectibles because there's some of them are a little bit harder to find, as you know and yes, as I know. You did point point one out <laughs> to me, which I had to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I did draw a map for you, uh, and there's a couple of random ones where, like, unless you maybe read like the trophy guide, you probably won't necessarily get them. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if you shoot a, a bullet into the portal, you get a trophy that's like a portal reference, and if you shoot your gun. In your house, there's a trophy called um, Firearm Safety 101, <laughs> which I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and that's almost a throwback to the first um, game from Rainbow at Reverie, where if you... What are those um, shoes with wheels 
called? Oh, like kids were they wheelies? Them. Are they cool wheelies or shoeies? Yeah, I don't like, know. If you, I if, didn't you have them. if you like skate, basically if you skate in your house, there's a trophy for like, hey, not in the house. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to make a bit of a, a subtle reference. There was one um, kid at school who had them. I'm like, oh my god, I want them <laughs> so much. <laughs> Never got them because they're dumb, but they're cool mm. when you're a kid. Imagine having them now. I think uh, I think <laughs> I was a bit old, but yeah, you should get them now. You get around town a lot quicker, Drew. <laughs> Scanning around the farm on the grass, <laughs> these like these DC wheelies, whatever. You get bogged. Yeah. Um, what were we, we talking about? Yeah, the the um the law. Did you have a theory about the portal and where the guns were coming from? Not particularly. I I was thinking like, are they coming from the other side, the goblin side? Are they? Mm. They have any talk in this? Obviously, they did not at all. They <laughs> resented them very much. Hence, why the thing went up in the first place. Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe there's a. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I did. Because now with hindsight, I'm like, oh, you know, it's from the quote unquote real world. That's where they were coming from. Mm. Um, but I don't think before then I was thinking too much about it. I was just like, oh, we got guns. There's the, the guys come from here. Who is he? I was thinking more who the, the man in black was rather than where the guns coming from. But so what was, what was your theory with the man in black? As time went on, I guess. Yeah, I definitely, (laughs) I was definitely shocked when I worked out. Well, I didn't work out when it was revealed who he was. I was like, holy shit, Jono. Rainbow, bloody boys! What are you? This yeah. is cheeky. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think now, just with hindsight, I'm just looking back, saying, "Yeah, it could have been this guy. It could have been just like this other evil dictator or something." But no, I don't. I don't think I had just like this certain thing in mind. But like, ah, it's definitely you. I was probably. Yeah. I probably thought it was going to be like a, a more generic white guy. If you know what I mean? Because you can see the bottom of his face. You could tell that he was a, mm-hmm. a human. Um, and he's probably yeah. and he probably was responsible for the weaponry in the game. But I definitely wasn't expecting uh one of the most evil men in the in the in the real world. Joseph Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Stalin turns out to be the big bad guy of the game. So what was your reaction to, to that section? We should probably talk about that now. Yeah, so I just went, holy shit. Like that was my reaction. Just <laughs> That's my favorite thing is like, I, I just can't wait to see people's reactions to that. Like, I want to know the theories about the goblins and the guns and the portal and the man in black. But I I really hope there's a good number of like let's plays and stuff out there where I can see people's reactions to that moment. Because mm. when Rainbite got me on a Discord call, much like this one, and pitched the basic plot of the game that was part of the game already I, I did not come up with that i can't claim that oh they're just and like oh honestly, we need we need joseph stalin <laughs> in our game Jono, don't you dare try and rewrite yeah. this one <laughs> pretty pretty much like it was like you know um there's a portal and guns come through and you know you're a witch and um it's revealed that the guns are coming from you know <laughs> The real world, so yep. you get to the real world, and the man in black is Joseph Stalin. And I was like, oh, "What? Okay, you're really gonna? We're really gonna go there, are we?" Um, and I, I didn't try and get it changed, but I did like I did question it, like the appropriate amount of questioning I think that's needed for something like that. Where I was like, um, "Do we go with like generic dictator? Do we actually want to use like his name?" we go with hitler hitler has hitler been overdone or whatever probably you know wolfenstein and all that yeah um i think have to give the credit to dan the man who did the artwork in in trigger witch i think it was his idea to to make that the the big bad and Mm -hmm. he just read a book or watched a movie about joseph Stalin or something and thought it would be cool yeah so (laughs) yeah that, that that happened and then they wanted to make a mech you know, make it go like full like anime at the end, basically with the mech suit and everything. Um, so it was up to me to kind of come up with this idea of like, why is the man in black going into this world? Um, what's he trying to do? How did he do it? Um, what? Why are they going into space? Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> so it was up to me to be like, okay, um, 
he's going into this world because he's trying to find new technology and power, which is in line, I think, with history. Like, we know, like, Hitler was obsessed with the occult and finding, you know, if you watch Indiana Jones, there's some fact to that search for these holy sacraments and, like, the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant and whatever. Um, Stalin was similarly power-hungry, so that kind of checks out. And then I did this re- a, fa- a fair bit of research into Stalin and some of the lines that he says in this game are like direct quotes that he said in real life. I'm talking about, you know, if you want to chop wood, then chips will fly. And the end, the best way to deal with a problem is to kill them. And there's also some like Rocky five, uh, sorry, Rocky four references in there. Um, <laughs> that, that just kind of like, seems like a, something a Russian villain should say, which yeah. is, is good fun. Um, and so, so then it was like, okay, so he's going there to get their magic. And then the irony is that they aren't using magic, they're using guns, which are coming from him. And uh, I liked that kind of irony and the fact that the witches were trying to get more of the guns and the, the, um, the Stalin's people were trying to, to get the magic. And I looked up some of the re- crazy research that they were doing and Stalin was trying to like invent time travel and stuff in the fifties. And there's a, a note that you find in the Russian base that explains like, you know, we tried to go through the portal and all the soldiers disintegrated and all their weapons went through without them. So that was kind of trying to explain why the guns are going through the portal. Oh my God. And then, and then <laughs> when you, yeah. And, and that's like, he's saying like, it, this these experiments aren't working except I think we found a way to make it work and Stalin's going to be the one that kind of tries to be the pioneer and go through first so that's why he's there he's covering his face because he doesn't know what to expect and and then you get to the other side of the portal and it's an armory and there's all these guns lying around that are getting like sucked into the portal and spitting them out on the other side so that was the way that I took this idea that Rainbite had and applied like narrative logic to it and it's it was really satisfying to be able to make it make sense in that sense um and yeah i'm really happy with how it came out it's so fun you know to have them blast off into space and we we know that the space race was this big thing with the russians and the americans and the timeline's a bit not quite there because it obviously wasn't until like a couple decades later that i think sputnik went up like after Stalin, but it was this idea that he used the goblin's magic of levitation, as we know from like the floating islands, and he applied that to like the spaceship so that the spaceship could fly using magic. And uh, in my head, it makes sense. So hopefully, it makes sense to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, it makes as much sense as like a floating island can. So yeah, we're we're in a, we're in a fantasy game. It's it's all good. Exactly. I didn't come into this being like, mm, I don't know, boys. These uh, this hand cannon actually, it actually takes quite a long time to reload. So I don't know about this uh, the timing on this quite much. And it's got way too much ammo. Like, where's how 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 can the magazine have that much uh, capacity? Don't know. No, That's I don't. I don't think anyone's thinking of it. Yeah, no. Like um, the final boss battle was just yeah, crazy, crazy. Going going in the space, all that. I, I love the end too, where it's just like, Colette just bang. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> just boom. Just, just uh, you know, it's it's sort of it's not anticlimactic, but it's just like bang, it's over. Like you know, like in real life, if you shoot someone, it's it's done. Yeah. Especially since the rest of the game is just like you're shooting him, like bah, bah, bah. it's just going on in a different phase. You move to the moon, finish that one shot, boof. He's just on the ground, blood all all over the moon surface. Like, oh, yeah. Jeez, there it is. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun because there was originally like we were talking about rewrites before and I think there was like Mm. an ending where you like convinced Stalin that he was wrong and that he was going to like take you back to earth and then there was like an ending uh, uh, that 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 got scrapped and there was an idea where he creates the portal because the the problem was how do you get back to earth, right? Mm. Because you're no longer with the rocket and the broom or whatever. So it's a long way to go. If he creates a portal and then he tries to go through it and leave you on the moon, then you can kill him and, and go through So that was the 
solution. But originally, like the sequence with uh, with Hilda mm. was was pretty straightforward in that that last fight. But I was like, again, being a really being a big like Indiana Jones fan, I really love the Last Crusade. I don't know if you're super familiar with it, but the Nazis like shoot his dad. And then it's like the only way for him to save his dad is to do what they say and get the Holy Grail, which is the only thing that can heal his wounds. So in, in my head, it was like, okay, you know, Stalin's going to shoot your mum. That's going to give you the motivation to just like go nuts and focus on him rather than I'm just going to take my mum and get out of here. And then going back to the real world, you have to obviously convince the mum that guns are bad or that you know the, the 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 quest to only focus on firearms and not on magic and the true identity of the witches is the problem that they've had and that thirst for power and um they had the rainbow white guys had this idea that maybe when you go through the portal there's like been a narnia style time jump mm. and that was something that wasn't like locked in so we had a few different ideas and one of them was like oh like i said what if you go back through the portal and there's like cowboys and stuff everywhere and it's like the <laughs> wild west yeah right yeah. <laughs> or it's like cyberpunk or something and it was like oh you know that would be difficult and then the game would just be over because you obviously can't like run around in this world but we thought it would be cool to have like an end game mm. and that's where I, I had the idea that maybe you go and it's been like 40 or 50 years and the world has all changed and adjusted because of these actions that you had back then you've reunited the goblins and the witches and you've brought magic back into the world and the uh the the positions of power like the oracle being like representing magic has been replaced by your friend remy and your mother who is like the head of of the witches has been replaced by Shelley and I, I thought that was a, a cool way to bring it full circle and then you can like go around and talk to all the characters and see what's changed since you were last there like so many years ago yeah I thought that was cool because a lot of Zelda games and even Zelda clones or Zelda inspired games um, they usually save at the end boss and then it doesn't save afterwards and mm. that's always been something that's irked me so much because like you finished a game Get congratulations, Ven. It just it doesn't save. <laughs> I'm like, it's so annoying. <laughs> so in, in this game, where it's like you beat the game, and then it, it saves, and then you've got people to go and talk to to learn some more context about the the world in the future and how things have changed. I thought that was excellent. I really do appreciate that extra mile, and that that really does add a lot to um, just the world in general. I thought uh, just seeing the characters. Especially, especially Shelley, just seeing how much she's uh, aged and how much she's become from that that janitor now to the oracle of the of the land, it was uh, really really awesome. Yeah, yeah, the new the new grand receiver, as um, as we put it. Yeah, it was it was mm. cool to. It was like the f- prophecy had been fulfilled, and like because she's half goblin, she was the only one that could like really bring peace between those two. Uh, different areas so it was yeah it i like how it all just fit into place it was um i was gonna say it wrote itself but it didn't i wrote it but um it it was (laughs) it was um yeah it's really satisfying for it to feel like all the loose ends are tied off like that's something really important to me in a story is that like you don't have to wonder oh i wonder what happened to that person or i wonder what would have would have gone down if you know, if, if if they didn't go through the portal or whatever it might be, so as much uh, as much as we could, we tried to make the game feel a bit, bit different in the end game. So I don't know if you noticed, but there's like the goblins live in tents and the witches live in houses. Mm-hmm. So when at the end of the game, there's houses and tents in the different towns and goblins and witches in both towns, and the NPCs talk about how they, you know move between the towns and they've got friends that are witches or friends that are goblins and stuff like that. So it was all those kind of little details trying to make it feel like something has actually changed. Yeah. No, I think, I think they've done a a great job of that. Just, it just feels rewarding. And like with a lot of games now, or, you know, it's usually setting up a sequel or something. So, Oh, what, what's, what's happening here? It's like, Oh, well, 
We won't know until next time. And sometimes that next time never happens because games take so long to make and even mm-hmm. some don't even make it through the green light. So it's good just to be like, Who, what up to this character? Oh, she she come very become very successful and uh, she lived a good life. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a shopkeeper, you take over after your like <laughs> we we because the sprites obviously it's a lot of work to change the sprites. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, let's just make it like their daughter yep. is now the shopkeeper. So they'll um have a different name, but they'll look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And it's always interesting looking at uh trying to look at it through through like a game development um lens as well. When like in instances like that, we're like, oh well, we've uh, if you did like a cyberpunk sort of world afterwards, like that would have been awesome. Like come out the portal, and it's all cowboys, or it's all yeah, just like a completely <laughs> different theme. That that'd be that would be awesome. Like oh my god, when you got like a new world to explore, but that's mm. basically throwing away everything else <laughs> that took yeah. like the year years to create, let alone the years yeah. it would take to it create a brand new game. Like, two games in yeah. one. It would have just been a cutscene, and then that was the end. Mm. Yeah. Like it would kick you back like those those other Zelda games would kick you back to before going into the dungeon, yeah. um, which w- wouldn't have been as cool, I think. Mm. And I, I did have like some ambitious ideas like, oh, what if like in Red Dead Redemption 2, I really loved how there's this house that these these two brothers are building mm. in the fir- one of the first towns. And as you go through the game, the house gets built. And by the end of the game, it's just they finish the house. So I thought it would be cool if there was something being built <laughs> at the start of the game yeah. and then at the end of the game it's finished or there's like a broken window and then at the end of the game the window's been fixed like something like yeah, right. that so I was trying to come up with all these like ideas of what we could show but when when it's an indie team and it's like one guy doing all the artwork it's a lot to come up with these things that people might not even notice <laughs> in the game it's like Dan can you build me a window it's like, oh John, oh yeah Busting my balls here, mate. Tell you what, that's going to take me half a day. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um, um, let's talk about Hob. So he's one of the goblin characters you meet mm. along on your journey. He comes across very nice, um, but he ends up betraying you. And I'll tell you what, he's. I'm like, this guy's way too nice. Because, yeah. So how how did you uh, sort of come up with this character? with the the writing and that did you initially mm. want it want a character in there to be like haha i got you or was it something a trait of the yeah. the goblins you wanted to uh maybe showcase with this character there's a few different things with this character so i there's a sequence where you you know you get the sacred symbols the staff at the end of the dungeon mm-hmm. and he throws water on you and yes. thinks that you're going to yep. melt. Because, mm, that's good. Yes, that's which, good. Which is melt, <laughs> uh, which is a, a nice Wizard of Oz reference. But uh, I had that. That was one of the very first ideas that I had when they asked me to write the game and tell me. And they told me what the game was. Well, I knew what the game was about from watching like the kind of funny indie showcase. So I was like, okay, it's witches. What are some funny witches jokes? What if there's someone that thinks water melts a witch? So originally there was going to be like a boss who was a giant and i thought it would be cool if the giant's really dumb and <laughs> talks like a, like one of those um trolls in the witcher where he's just like like a caveman basically <laughs> and as you step into his lair to fight him there's like like a bucket of water on top of a door that like falls on you and that's like his trap to capture you and then the water doesn't melt you and then you fight so that was my original idea. And then like, oh, we're not doing the, the giant anymore. We're doing a, a dragon. And then the dragon became like this cyborg dragon, which is another story altogether. Um, <laughs> but um, I was like, okay, well, the dragon can't throw water on you because dragons can't talk. <laughs> so I have to reapply that somewhere else in the game. And I had the, the idea to have a dungeon where there's no boss fight, which... I'm really glad that they included that in the game because it really mixes things up, I think, in that dungeon where you, you get used to the formula. Like, oh, if I go through this dungeon, then I get to the end, then I fight a boss, and that's the end. Mm. So in this one, you know, you get to the end and it starts to fall apart. Um, and the, the inspiration for that was, again, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
the very beginning of the movie, Indy's being like led through this uh, cave, this tomb by the local tour guide who turns on him and steals the idol. And then like the boulder comes down and you have to, have to escape. And so there's a little bit of that in there with a little bit of Aladdin, you know, the cave of wonders. And as soon as you disturb any, any of the, the riches, then the whole place falls to pieces. So I, I wanted to have a bit of that element to it and make it about the escape rather than the fight. So originally I think the, you know, the, the broom section where you're flying on the broom, that was going to be like the escape on the broom. Mm. And that ended up being earlier in the dungeon. So it was more just about getting out without dying in the end. But um, yeah, that, that's that's what inspired that. And I wanted to have a, a, a goblin character that you could get to know a bit more than the ones that kind of just come and go or that you read about with the with the prince in the in the castle. So Hob was really fun to write because he was pretty inept and incompetent, but trying to be like you had the vibe that he was trying to be helpful, but is he actually kind of a bit of a, a Shylock? Is he it's the grifter? And I, I that that goal was that people wouldn't really know until he turns on you because he does get you to where you want to go. Um, but what was your um, read on him? Like, did you feel like something was a bit fishy, or that he was? Did you think he was a bit of a clown until he turned on you? Yeah, I thought there was something going on there. I don't know if that's because of my uh, suspicions for the goblins, <laughs> even though most of them were nice. But it was just like he seemed so so willing to help you. I'm like, hmm, everyone else does not want to help me at all, but this guy does. Um, did you pay him, or did you uh, go and? take care of the, the imps or whatever. I think I did pay him. I think I did. What? You coughed up. Yeah. Does, does that just mean I lose 500 um, bits or? Yeah. 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 I assumed it did, but yeah, I, you know, he was, it was, it was quite nice. I can get swindled pretty easy, Jono, apparently. Yeah. Like I was like. a good deal. Yeah, it's a like, fair deal. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Save you a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up 500 gems in the, uh, in the arena pretty quickly. Yeah. That's the thing too. I had plenty of them. I'm like, yeah, just take him, mate. It'd be fine. But, <laughs> didn't end up uh, paying off for me. So, but like in, in this sequence as well with Hob, um, this is where you put in a few sacred symbols references. Mm. So anyone doesn't know yeah. sacred symbols, it's a popular PlayStation podcast hosted by Colin Moriarty. Um, and I'm a listener of that show as well. And he, Colin usually introduces with uh, greetings and salutations. That's what Hob introduces with as well. And also the, uh, the sacred symbols reference in the game too with uh, the actual items being called the, the sacred symbols was mm. was that just was it just the two names you decided or two references you decided to put in there in this sequence or was there a little bit more to that or was it just oh well this character can have this and that from yeah i just wanted to show some love because colin was a big fan of reverie and has been a good friend to me as well over the mm-hmm. years and it's worked out pretty well like he's been really big supporter of this game too, even prior to knowing that there's references to his podcast in there. So yeah, it was, it was cool to, um, to be able to do that. And, you know, there's references to so many things in the trophies and of in course, the game yeah. that um, it, it was just, it wasn't a big deal to throw in one extra one. And, you know, beyond being like what, it, beyond being that, it's also a reference to like the actual sacred symbols, like the PlayStation. Yeah like triangle circle square x which is my like love for playstation coming through mm. and i think like when the trophy pops i wanted the artwork to be the actual like triangle circle square x but they, they oh, didn't God. go for that idea God. yeah um because i guess it would have been a weird thing to have on like xbox achievements and stuff but yeah or well, playstation whatever. might not even like it they'll be like oh they're our symbols mate they're our sacred symbols but they, they don't own the shapes <laughs> yeah surely not <laughs> yeah um, yeah, it's, it's just something I noticed because like, you know, with all the other references being like, you know, whether it's Indiana Jones or the Wizard of Oz or, you know, the, the, the big well-known movies, it just stood out Lord to me. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yeah, it just stood out to me because it's like a, you know, smaller content creator instead of like a very well-known movie. Something like yeah, that. and their first, their first game had kind of funny references in it. Like there's a poster in the arcade of the, yeah, the that's right. funny yeah. smiley face. Mm. 
So I guess they're not, again, a throwback to, to that lineage um, of Collins in kind of funny. And um, I'm sure there's some kind of kind of funny reference in there. Maybe, I can't remember. <laughs> there's, there's so many things in there that I've probably lost track. Yeah. There might even be a House of Mario reference in there. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I'll, I'll keep playing. I'll keep looking for it, Jono. Like, Where is it? The word drew might be, or draw might be in there somewhere. <laughs> I think I do remember the word drew in there. I'm like, I should, scr- I'm thinking I should screenshot it. I'm like, no, it's obviously just, yeah, the word drew. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's a reference to House of Mario. Yeah, of course, of course. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it was it was really fun to like get in like if it wasn't like a direct reference, like an allusion to like there's um you know the, the memes from Lord of the Rings, like one does not simply walk into Mordor, like there's a reference to that and mm. the old like um you know, keep your secrets, like that that kind of of quote. Like there's a there's I had fun kind of working them in there so that they weren't like super obvious, but people who are fans of them will notice them as well as like, think there's like a line from Harry Potter. Not, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I haven't seen the Harry Potter movies, but Jared told me that it would work well somewhere. So that's in there too. Um, and just like paying tribute, I guess, to the genre, the fantasy genre and the things that inspire us. And even like the start of the game, you wake up in bed. Like that's, that wasn't my idea. Um, I don't know if it's like meant to be a reference to Chrono Trigger or to some of the Zelda games. You wake up in a bed. Am it's, I right? It's definitely a Zelda to one. The past. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it's in some ways it's just a trope of video games in general. But it could also, for all I know, be uh, a reference to to some of those things. Hmm. Yeah. There's some good Metal Gear Solid ones in there too. If people notice, yeah, there'll be like a there's it'll be like there's so many. I uh, probably probably yeah. most of them would have gone over my head of there. So there's like a few where I was like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of them are just like, even like, even when you were talking about um, Hob before throwing the water on him, I laughed at it because it's just funny. I didn't really get the reference from the Wizard of Oz necessarily. I just thought like, ah, oh, you're going to melt. It's like, no. Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> and it's, he says, I read it in a book. And it's like, that's, that's the reference mm, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because... Now I'm thinking about it, like with um, you talking about Indiana Jones and The Wizard of Oz. I feel like they're such well-known movies. I assumed I watched them, but I don't know if I did. I watched Indiana Jones, mm. the Crystal Skull, when it came right. when it yeah, came to theaters. Yeah, because <laughs> I, w- I went I went with a bunch of friends and I watched that. I'm like, yeah, it was it's all right, but maybe I didn't watch the other ones. Mm. Shit. Now well, I- you should, and yeah. when you do, you'll be like, this is just like. Trigger Witch. Well, so oh, that's a Trigger Witch <laughs> reference. Wow. <laughs> In 1983. Jeez, the they must have had a portal or something like the, the Man in Black. Oh. <laughs> there you go. It's come yeah. full circle. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we wrap things up, Jono? Um, no, I think we've we've covered the, the big things, you know. Um, yeah, just had a blast writing this game and... I, you know, I hope people enjoy it and enjoy the the little sub stories, the B plots and the C plots. And you know, I, I it's probably a good time to say, like, I, I assumed people would think that we were making a statement about guns um, right, yeah. in this game. <laughs> and I don't know if if you that ever crossed your mind, nah. but I did think like it would be kind of hypocritical to have a whole game full of guns and then at the end to be like. See, guns are bad. So instead of the, <laughs> instead of that, especially because you still have your guns in the end game, it was more like mm. okay, the guns represent technology and progress and the search for you know becoming more powerful and that thirst for uh, you know that greed, I guess, that's associated with progress uh, so that's how i interpreted it as the as the writer and not everyone will will get that and it was it was almost like i guess like the way that we look at whether it's social media the internet like boston dynamics robots that are going to take over the world one day and sometimes you think like why are we 
why are we doing all this stuff? Why have we got to this point where the base of human existence for thousands of years has been nothing to do with all these things that we're obsessed with now? Are, are we losing like what we really are, like our humanity or whatever? And I'm not expecting everyone to play the game and be like, hmm, I see exactly what, what John is trying to say here. But that's like where where I was, what I was thinking of, and trying to kind of put that across as you know that conversation between Hilda and Colette, where they're like, you know, it's about balance and remembering who we really are. So that, that's what I was thinking of anyway. Yeah, no, I think you were successful in getting that across, um, just like with the whole idea of you know the, the guns being like a really powerful sort of weapon, but taking away from their culture, who they were, their history, and it sort of just like erased everything. It made their relationship with uh, the other, I guess, race or species in the world Mm -hmm. with the goblins made that very negative to the point where it was no longer existent with the barrier up there. Yeah, and it it goes – and there's a part of the game that I'm really proud of, which is the sequence where you meet the oracle – for the first time originally those first three dungeons you could do in any order but it, it really made sense for the story um rhythm and pacing for that to be the third one so we shut it off until you'd done the first two and she tells you about how sorry being like a, an oracle of the old ways she's like anti-firearms and she can see the effect that it's having on the world mm. and it's that like the world that's out of balance and the, you know, the magic that was no longer being used is, is no longer keeping things in check. And that's why all these creatures are attacking you as soon as you like step out of the village, because the things are just not the way that they used to be. So, and that's where that, that view, you know, you look out across the, the land and you can see everything and it's peaceful. And I really pushed, um, Rainbite to include that kind of horizon shot because it, it, it's not the type of shot like you never really see a horizon in a game with this view because it's mm. just the nature of um, you know a top down thing you're looking at the ground and I thought it would be really cool um, to have this beautiful shot where you can just take a moment and go what are we doing here like what is this all about and and also to be where the game ends and have a nice little credit sequence so that was the idea with that and i think that it's just a cool little place to hang out that's my favorite spot in the game yeah i definitely took a few screenshots there nice yeah yeah nice (laughs) oh and also you can pet the dog yes you can there was a competition i don't know if you saw on twitter a few months ago it was like get your pet in the game so there's a few pets around the place there's like a cat on one of the rooftops there's the black dog you can pat and I think there's a bunny rabbit somewhere too. So, no, I didn't say the competition. I would have entered it. Would have got Lila in there, my little Jack Russell. It was, yeah, it was yeah. on Twitter. There's a lot of uh, entries, <laughs> um, but I guess you missed out. You'll have mm. to, um, Did the winners they just have the cutest pets, or what was the criteria? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't pick them. Maybe, maybe Rainbite already developed or already drew the animals, so they just picked the ones <laughs> that looked looked like them. <laughs> Yeah, that's a smart idea. But that, that was just, another. Yeah. That was another thing where I was like, we have to have a dog. You have to be able to pet it so that we can tweet at that Twitter account and uh, get some free publicity. Yeah. Has it happened yet? Have you? Has there been a gift made up? Yeah, because I wanted to. I've got the the video ready to to send out. By the time this is published, it probably will have mm-hmm. gone out there. And then you've got the bat in the casino as well i don't think anyone submitted a bat as a pet unfortunately yeah, yeah that, was a, that was something i was going to bring up because i did that at the end of the game and i got all the rewards from there and i think uh i'm like wait you get it you get a companion god mm. damn it i wanted that familiar. Through, yeah was that available through like the whole game or was it just afterwards because i didn't yeah wa- it's there from the start oh i wish yeah. i got it from the start i want a bat following me out. that was cool <laughs> I love uh, animal companions in games. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like a... I don't know if it's meant to be... There's probably heaps of games that do it, but it reminded me of like Castlevania Symphony of the Night where you can have any number of different uh, familiars following yeah. you around with different abilities. Yeah. 
kind of want a dog though, you know? I want a dog following me. You have to play Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> or Fable or what's another dog game? You get a dog as a companion. I guess The Legend of Zelda, I guess, in uh, Breath of the Wild, you can have a wolf. If you have the wolf amiibo, you can tap that and it follows you. Mm. Yeah. I never got that. No. I only have one amiibo and it's this one. Yarn Yoshi. Very cool. It is. What made you get that one? My... When? Oh, what what made you get that one? If uh, um, one amiibo, Yoshi's my Yoshi's my main in uh, Smash Bros. Ever since the sixty four, mm-hmm. and when I saw this was coming out, I thought it's too cute not to get it. So I got that before I even had a Switch or any <laughs> yeah. Nintendo console. Yeah, no, fair enough. I love that amiibo. Mm, I can see a Yoshi on your shelf too. So respect. Yeah, I've got um one of those go karts <laughs> where Yoshi can drive around i've never used it though um my mum got it for me for christmas and she just like i'm like I'm like i'm ne- i never put the batteries in she's like why don't you use it drew it's just a waste i'm like it's just a, it's just a display piece it's all good mum's <laughs> like oh she was so she was offended i never actually played with it i'm like oh it's just a nice little ornament <laughs> just send her a video of uh, the podcast and be like see it's getting some good use yeah now she's getting some good use there mate she's a nice prop well, I'm talking out of focus, the, yeah, out of focus prop. <laughs> it's funny too because actually, I'm looking at OBS right now. It's not even in the shot because uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm a square. So people, people watching this don't even know what we're talking about. No, on a normal show, it will be in the background, but okay. yeah, not when I'm closer to the computer. Uh, but Jono, thank you very much for well, uh, coming back to the House of Mario to talk all mm. spoilers about Trigger Witch. Uh, fantastic fun. game. Awesome story. It was really awesome getting some more context straight from the writer as well. So yeah, thank you very for much for that. To, thanks for listening to all my uh, in-depth diatribes about, you know, pontificating and talking up my own genius. Mm. <laughs> I was, when, I, when, I was, when I was thinking about this game, right, I was just had the best idea. Greatest <laughs> idea, actually. It was... um. Unrivaled by any other writer in the industry. No, yeah, basically. No, he didn't come up it like is, that. It is kind of funny, like, playing the game and laughing at things and being like, <laughs> Good one, Jono. <laughs> uh, yeah. I say that, but really what it is is the combination of, like, writing it, knowing that it's coming, and then seeing it translate. Like, I, like having not seen a character on screen saying it, it, it just seeing it work is so like re- such a relief that you're like yes it's still funny it's not just like in my head <laughs> yeah i i might do a similar thing with the podcast with those skits before uh a, a normal episode and the next day i'll listen to it in the car just to make sure it just listening for a different speaker to make sure it sounds all right, all right. Yeah. yeah and like like oh, oh very funny like if i can make myself <laughs> laugh at least that's one person <laughs> out of our audience and it's just that's me it. Laugh that's at myself. All you have, that's all you have to do. Like all you have to go on as a writer or as any kind of like creative person is like, is this something that I would like? And if I like it, then I have to just assume or hope that someone else will like it. Because if you don't like it, then no one's going to like it. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I usually play the skits to Bryce and if I see him smirk a bit, I'm like, yeah. That's worth something. It's worth something. If I make him cry and he goes out the room, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> re-record so everyone who's listened to this has played Trigger Witch guys thank you very much for supporting Rainbite and Jono's work Mm -hmm. Um, thank you I think it's uh, said a fair few times over the last couple of episodes but really did enjoy this game Jono did an excellent job I'm looking forward to other projects you work on thanks Um, I'll be here to support your work and uh, yeah where can they find you if they want to keep up to date on Twitter and all that fun stuff yeah, you can find me at Jono himself. You can hear me on my podcast, Putting in Work, or if you're into movies, Comedy Rewind, or if you're into basketball, Hoop Dreams. They're all on the 8-bit network. And uh, my plan at some point is to do a Putting in Work with everyone in Rainbite. I want to do like an AMA where people can send in questions about anything to do with the game, and there will be someone on that podcast that can answer the question because the three of us pretty much did everything apart from the music and some of the portraits in the game. 
Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be awesome. So, um, uh, is, there, is there you got a rough idea of when that will go out? Uh, it depends on availability of those three dudes, but hopefully, um, you know, around the same time as this, it might be out already. It's, it's you know, we want to give people some time to play the game to to get the questions. Uh, it might be a, a week or so, but um, we're also looking at like doing a stream where maybe we all get on the same stream and and play through the game and, and talk about it as well. That will be less of the Q and A and just us chatting. So that's. I don't, it's hard to say possibly already happened might be happening soon might be happening right now um but yeah there'll be plenty of um of you know interviews that i'm doing beyond this one on different podcasts so thanks for people that have been interested thanks to people that have bought the game it makes a huge difference there's been so much love out there like being blown away by the demo feedback and the trailer feedback and um, people like you who i know have already played it it's been awesome just to and a relief to hear people say, oh, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not terrible. Uh, it's actually quite fun. And, you know, it's I, I'm so lucky that this is the first game I get to work on with these guys. Like, the first game I work on could have been anything. It could have been some mobile, like, Tetris ripoff with a story. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been uh, a game that, you know, that I don't have any interest in like a, what, are, what are they called like the uh, visual novel yeah no, what yep. are they? yeah could have been, been anything <laughs> could have been writing that web content yeah but it's <laughs> this awesome twin stick shooter and I'm just I just feel so lucky that um, I know these guys and that they needed someone with my background so yep thank you I'm I'm stoked every time anyone mentions the game and I, I read everything like I said on the last podcast. So if you say something nasty, I'll be very hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, awesome stuff. If, uh, if you guys want links to any of that stuff, I'll make sure I'll get them from Jono when I'm posting this episode. You can go and check out the streams, the episode of Putting In Work and uh, all mm. that. There's a massive backlog of Putting In Work as well if you um, haven't listened to anything. There's, a, there's plenty true. of content there. Yeah, you can listen to me at ramble and stutter as I was very nervous. <laughs> You've come so far. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, guys. The doors to the house of Mario are closed. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong button. <laughs> Catch you later. Just as you say, I've come so far. Hit the wrong button. <laughs>